Last time on The Incorrigible Party. Hearing much about their recent exploits, the leader of the Paladins of Coltis takes an interest in the party and their particular set of skills. Wishing to utilize their abilities against the Neogi, Samuel leverages what drives each party member, successfully enlisting them in his army, adding to his amassed power and greatly increasing his chances of assembling the armor of Kalar. Oh, what was that you wanted? More adventure? You got it. The city streets of Heraklion now look a lot like the streets of Goldham. They're bustling with paladins of cultists and Heraklionians. You do see a lot more interaction between the two here, though. But you notice that the vast majority of the Heraklionians that actually do interact with the paladins, they're wearing one of those smoothly polished stone brooches that are, again, reminiscent of Falzern's scabulet. Those that don't sport one of these very fetching adornments seem about as indifferent as the Goldumians uh, did to the paladin's presence. Why don't each of you go ahead and give me, give me, roll me an insight check. Oh, that's a 17. 24? There goes Mia, always showing up Shakara. I got a, I got a plus nine <laughs> to my insight. Plus nine? Yeah. I'm a wisdom spellcaster here. I've got a nine. That's intelligence based, right? Wisdom. I just said it. <laughs> wisdom. Yeah, you wisdom. I have a 13. <laughs> so 12 and higher, it's evident to you that there's a bit of a different feel here, kind of a, a different vibe. And Goldham, it was clear that the paladins there were like on duty. They were patrolling the city streets, you know, watching the main gate, etc. Here in Heracleon, they seem to be moving freely about the city, almost as if like they live here or, or have been staying here uh, for a number of days. There, there's this familiarity amongst them, and kind of a quiet anticipation and like a, a, a brewing excitement. As you are approaching the main gate, Samuel turns to Mia. Mia. Yes. You spoke earlier about your true form. Tell me, why do you hide it? Well, I just, I didn't want to bring attention to myself and I, I, I don't know. I lack the confidence. You not feel this limits your potential? Maybe? I, I don't know. You deny yourself. What do you mean by that? In my experience, when someone hides a part of themselves, is out of shame or fear. I guess I did feel ashamed that I wasn't who I thought I was. My parents really weren't my parents, and I don't know, like I said, I was kind of doing recon work against the Neogi. I didn't want to be drawing attention to myself, going city to city with my wings out, you know what I'm saying? Yes, that's smart. I see no Neogi here. So you're saying without my amulet I could be more powerful? I'm saying to turn away from who you are is to turn away from your potential. It's something I've learned a long time ago. The one thing my father taught me. Hmm. Well, I'm no longer ashamed of my roots, of where I'm from, and I don't want to live in fear. I, I haven't known you very long, Samuel, but I believe you to be very wise. So Mia reaches up and unclasps her amulet, uh, taking it off, putting it carefully in her in her pouch, and in doing such... You see her just grow a bit. Like, she's over six feet now. She looks stronger. There's nothing, like, radiating about her, but she's got this tan, tan skin, and her eyes. Like, she looks around at you guys. Her eyes are topaz, and they're pupilless, and they're, and they're, uh, they're just piercing. Samuel 
kind of he gives you he doesn't really seem to actually smile but he does kind of smirk um, not in like a like a jeering kind of way but clearly mm-hmm. pleased with the outcome as I mean now you stand I mean uh, how tall is Shakara now you're like as tall as Shakara is now right height's overrated Baldi's around six yeah around six foot as well great so now there's a a, a semblance of giants over top your shaft <laughs> <laughs> Basically. No need to look down here. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Mia. And he'll continue leading you into the city. I just, like, look a little bit uncomfortable, too, right? Like, kind of head down, like, ugh. Not used to this. Yeah, so you're definitely catching some looks from the Heraclians, but it may be it may be you, it may be your, your, your new eyes, uh, your new height. It could just be, you know... There's like 25 of you <laughs> in a loose group walking through the streets right. of Miracle now with Samuel Coltis. So that clearly uh, has something to do with it as well. As you are nearing the Knowledge Center on your way to the city gates, it looks like the damage from the Coltis occupation has been completely repaired. The, the main gate's elegant curves of metal that were clearly inspired by some elven design, they've been fully restored. And on either side of them, two dark brown tents have been staked up, serving as what looks like kind of a a recruitment center. There are a few people queuing up to speak to some of the paladins that are manning the tent entrances in front of kind of like these little makeshift tables they've put up, you know. We're always looking for new recruits. Magic users, I find, are difficult to come by. Offer much flexibility in the ranks. Continue through the gates. Yep. Yeah, and of course, uh, Tenchi and Janella are walking very close to each other. It's almost Tenchi is kind of have almost like a half a arm kind of around her shoulders, and Hefe very close behind both of them as they're each have remained quite silent throughout this walk through the city. Taking the path to the docks between the two small clusters of mountainous terrain where you would killed Erica, the second iteration of Sardo, and Chucky the Barboy. You see near nearing the you know closest to the port, uh, to Port Heraklion, there are hundreds of paladins around. A half dozen large tents are set up north of uh, where the burnt out buildings that used to actually make up the port itself were after the cultist attack. But of course, you're, 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 the main thing your eye is drawn to immediately to the far left and far right of the path that leads to the water. Two large ships sit on six segmented legs. They look very insect-like. And Mia, immediately, these are reminiscent of some of those broken pieces from that wreckage of the Nyogi ship that you encountered over a year ago. Hmm. One of the ships seems to be completely assembled. A huge set of sail-like wings protrude from the center of the ship at about the mid-deck point uh, along the side of the hull. A second set of wings is attached to the ship's aft, the rear of the ship. And a regular, a rectangular sail is attached to this bow, to the bow, running along an angled mast. Kind of juts up, maybe at like a 45-ish degree angle in front of the ship clearly something to catch the wind other than having a you know a normal uh mainsail thank you a normal mainsail mounted on the on the deck top itself on the legs like sitting on the legs the ship's deck is nearly 50 feet up into the air Uh, but from your kind of heightened perspective as you're moving down this path you can clearly see that on the deck of the completed ship a modified safety shell anchor has been mounted to it the five free-moving discs. They're now fused together. The top of the once cylindrical shape, it's now tapered into a point to form more of an obelisk. Five of Tinnerman's toy soldiers, they surround it, connected to it by a wire that courses with rainbow colors. The other ship, not yet fully assembled, overseen by Alstoff Tinnerman himself, kind of off in the distance, Two of his mechanical dragons are being tended to by a number of the paladins. The dragon's wings there being removed, and before they're be, before the actual creatures are ushered into the holds, the open hold of, of the ship, 
duplicates of those sail-like wings are being hoisted into place, fed through the holes in the hull. The, the deck of this ship, though, does not have a mounted anchor weapon. Captain Chum! As Samuel motions to the completed airship. This is your new ship. As discussed, you owe me. I request six months of service. Then you are free to do as you please. Remain on. Or go about any other business you may attend to in Aspara. This will make us even for the shipment that you've lost. You see, as soon as these have come into view, like, Grimby, his eyes have just gone wide and almost slack-jawed. Like, you've kind of never really seen him, seen him really, like, almost in awe, right? I mean, he's certainly expressed a lot of gratitude before, a lot of happiness, but this is kind of something almost like a, like a, a reverie that goes over him. And he's kind of silent for a second regarding and taking in what Samuel has, has told him. He turns to you, Shakara. The... The sea is not me only love, Shakara. As he kind of takes that, takes one of your hands. But she... She me first one. She be generous and... She provide a mighty, mighty fine living, but she also be fickle. Greedy, even. Taking what she want from anybody that be foolish enough to think they can tame her mighty squalls and we're lucky lucky enough to enjoy her gentle calm that too often comes before the storm releasing your hand Shari kind of turns to address the full party when the weather be turning and that <laughs> oh that mainsail it's be catching the winds that uh, greenhorns <laughs> whistling be challenging that bad luck by the way, never whistle on deck out in the ocean. In the face of that challenge, every mariner be looking up to the skies for escape, looking for that mighty albatross, the truest master of the winds and the sea alike. I tell you, to reach those highs means you never sink to those lows. <laughs> you all know I've sunk... As low as can be <laughs> to the bottom of the sea, you find me. Too many lows. Too many times. I soon be running out of fingers to count. <laughs> me close calls. <sighs> Seeing these, these airships, the wonder. I'm not one to put much stock into the gods. No offense there, Mia. Uh, none taken? But uh, I got me superstitions like anybody else. I have to thank you all for taking me, taking me in and getting me right here. To get the chance to captain a ship like this, I'd, I'd be a right feeble mind to turn it down. <laughs> I told you all that I would go to the mountains with you. I, I not be lying. I assume as he kind of nods his head to Samuel that I might not be on a journey with you there, but I'll be going in with you. I'll see you at those mountains. Samuel kind of gives a brief nod. Can you let me go? Can you forgive me for wanting to take this opportunity and abandon you? Grimby, I know you would never abandon us. I know how you feel. I feel the same. And I'll put my hand on his cheek and turn him towards me to look at him. Mm-hmm. We will see each other again. You must do what is best for you. And I'll give him a kiss. He kind of flushes a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Until we meet again. I... I hope you can be up deck with me on the Rising Four. It will truly rise above all the rest. I... Yeah, right, beautiful. Keep yourself safe. And you? I walk up to him, hold my hand out to shake it, and go, All right, Jim, I'm sure we'll catch up again. Cla yeah, clasp your hand, give you a, a 
squeeze and a tough shake. Yep. That's it. I walk back. Mia walks up, knowing it's her turn, and looks at him and says, Well, a deal's a deal, but I just wish we could have saved that first ship. You wouldn't be in this position. If I could have been stronger, if I could have done more, you could have had your shipment. Hi, Mia. When you rose above the deck that day, you were the Abertos. Above the ship, to the air, away from the the cracks of the waves and the booms of the cannons. You truly rose. Thanks, Grimby. I think I think I needed to hear that today. And I did come back for you. I told you I would. I wish you the best of luck in your journey ahead. We'll see you again. Aye, we better. Um, so Falzern walks up to um, Grimby. Captain Chum, it's truly been an enriching experience and an honor to have been with you through all of these times. And, you know, many of the nights that I've studied in the library, I've read in several different passages about wizards who could learn to fly. Always intrigued me. Something I've always wanted to experience. And, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for you to get that opportunity. I think this this vessel may be the one for you. I just, I wish you safe travels and I hope that our paths cross again soon. If anyone can harness this ship's potential, I know that it's you, Captain Chum. The next shepherd by it beyond me, Revulsion. That's a deal, Grimby. You stay safe. And Samuel kind of calls over one of the many paladins of cold that's kind of bustling around. And uh, that paladin takes Grimby to the completed airship. It's the one three-fingered hand up into the air, waving as he <laughs> departs the party. I will watch him walk away. <laughs> Hate to see you go, but love to watch love you leave. Love to see leave. you leave, yeah. <laughs> 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 and I was trying to be sweet by watch saying watch him walk away. <laughs> So, I say, so the the ship for us, uh, can we just hop on with uh, with Chum there and have him take us back to the mainland? I'm afraid the airships will not be ready for another seven days. We do have a timeline. So now that okay. we don't need to go to Pisces to get Grimby a ship, what's the plan? I would still like to go to Pisces. I have personal matters to attend to. Yeah, but isn't it important to go to the mountains? Get the it will only take a short amount of time. It's pretty out of our way. It's actually uh, faster than any other way that we have. What do you mean? That boat over to Prices is right towards the mountains. I, I don't expect that we'll add much time to our travels. As, as So long as that you don't have too much you need to do there, Shakara. I'm not opposed to a quick stop. I only want to stop and talk with Campbell for a moment. Sure. Yeah, I I think that's that's fine. Okay. When the airships are complete, a legion of paladins will descend upon the mountains to pinpoint the attack using, ideally, the amulet. The flow of Niogi must be stimmied long enough to assemble the armor. By my estimations, my residual paladin forces will arrive by sea and ground three days later. Should you fail to locate the amulet by the airship's arrival, other means will need to be employed to find it. I have a tower being assembled outside of Dracal. If necessary, it will be ready for activation in three days. I do not wish to use it that close to the city. Uh, yeah, so... We need to get back to the mainland quickly, so, uh, and then head to Drakal as fast as possible. You got a ship that can take us there in a day? I can take you to Pisces. Great. You do not need to accompany us personally. I must remain here, you are correct. The crew will see that you make it safely. Great. I mean, we're ready to go, right? Tenchi? Effie? Janela? Tenchi speaks up 
absolutely, yes. I would very much like to see Pisces. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We could hit up a local bar, see what they're serving. So I just, I just look at Samuel like, okay, ready to go. Yep, and he continues to escort you uh, down further towards the docks. You approach uh, a large tent. It's much larger than what uh, is set up around these airships. It spans roughly 30 feet wide, about 60 feet long. There seems to be two smaller sections of tent that kind of branch off of either side to form kind of like a this plus sign shape. As you draw near, a, a blonde dwarf steps through the heavy flaps of the tent's entrance. He uses a blood-soaked rag. It kind of almost like a useless attempt to wipe off stained hands and armor. He grimly regards Samuel. I've got a few names out of the one, but the other ain't talking, no matter what I cut off. If they do not wish to talk, then we have no more use for them. We'll have to find the anchor a different way. Schedule the execution. What's going May on? May I ask who's in there? May we be of any service getting information? If it is someone we know. Perhaps we captured these two, attacking my forces at the anchor point. It's now missing. We need it for the second airship. I'm going to motion. Can I walk in there? I'm going to like motion like, can I go? Yeah, he kind of steps aside. And if you'd like to walk into the tent, feel free. I'm going to walk in the tent. I will follow. Falls are in falls as well. Mia goes last. Inside the tent, there's a table, uh, multiple tables full of sharp instruments and clamps. At the very far end of the tent is a cluster of barrels. At about the midpoint of the long tent walls, there's a five-foot opening on either side, which would be into those kind of smaller sections. One of the tables is just completely covered in blood and severed parts. A half dozen fingers, a human ear, an entire hand, and a bloodshot eyeball with a gray speckled iris. The blonde dwarf follows you in as well. Don't know what you think you're going to be able to say to them, but look at what I've peeled off. They're not talking. Where are they? The dwarf will motion uh, to the left entrance. Swind doesn't even care much about taking his eyeball. The other's on the other side. I'll look towards the uh, eyeball one, and I'll walk towards the other one. Okay. Uh, I'll follow Shakara. Uh, I'm just going to stay in the middle of the tent. As you file in, it's about a 15 by 20 foot section of tent. It's just completely barren and chained, pinned to the dirt floor. On this side, you walk in and you see Dreg. Beaten and bloody, his robes are in tatters. He's missing an entire hand and three fingers on the one remaining appendage. One eye is just swollen shut. But he's conscious. And of course he sees you. He immediately stands up to his feet. He can't, catching on the chain to the ground, he prevents him from standing fully upright. So he's a severe hunch, but as he looks at you, you've come for me. Drag! And I'll run to him. I hear her say drag, and so I come into that part of the tent. I see that it's drag, and I turn around and walk back out of the tent, back to where Samuel is. Okay. Oh, Drag, what have they done to you? Shakara, I've, I've, I've done it. I've, 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 I've hidden the anchor. You silly fool. I've sent it away. What have you done? Mia immediately runs out to find Shaft and Samuel. Do you not realize this, this gets you nothing? This prevents death. It prevents nothing, Drag. Are you here to get me out of here? I don't know that I can. Drag, my, my goodness, you've, I don't know how we're going to get you out of this situation. Where, where is, where is the anchor? He kind of looks, you know, tries to look past you from his one eye that he can see is open. Looking for, for the dwarf. I've, I've teleported away. I managed to reach it before they, they, they captured me. Well, Drag... I, 
I appreciate your perspective, but I don't know that Samuel is has ill intent with them. He, he seeks to protect Aspara from this threat, the Niyogi, that are coming in mass to take over the land. That, that's what he intends to use these these modified anchors for. I appreciate that that you believe it's a bastardization of something that you created, but it's not worth losing your life over. It's nearly taken everything else from me. It only takes what you let it take. You say this, you're telling me this is my own doing. I asked you for your help. You refused. There is so much you do not understand, do not know. Samuel, maybe Brash, may have not the greatest means, but he has the greatest intentions. The Niyogi are far worse. Far worse than you could ever imagine. I, I can't help but agree with Shikara in this situation, Drake. I think that even if Coltus is an evil, he's significantly lesser of an evil than the Niyogi. And he means to put the anchors to good use. Good use? So what are you saying? I should just give him the location? Yes. Spare yourself. Spare Mullen. This. He kind of moves away from you like as far as the chain will allow him, which is not far. This is a trick. One no, last Drake. trick he's put you no. up to. I asked you for help, you refused, and now you're with him? Drag, I... I am not with him. I assure you that we are on the same side. This is just a bit more complicated than it appears from your perspective. Samuel is a force to be reckoned with, surely, and and potentially a problem down the road, but in the short term, I believe his ends are aligned with ours, and this Niyogi is an immediate threat that we must deal with, and we may have to ally with Samuel Coltus in the meantime to protect Aspara. Why did he not say that to me? Why did he do this to me instead? Because he only knows one way of doing things, and that is his way. He is not a man of compromise. Neither am I. Oh, Drag, please. Have you seen... Have you seen Mullen? He was captured with me. We have not seen him yet. But he is, I fear, in worse shape than you. But if you give the up the location of the anchor, we can get you out of here. Both of you, and tend to your wounds. I agree with Shikara, Drag, that this isn't worth losing your life over. How do I know this isn't his trick? I, I don't know what proof I can give you, Drag. I... <sighs> What do you want from me? What what would convince you? I don't know what proof I can ask. Can I talk to Samuel then? I'm I'm yeah I'm with Shaft so. Okay, let's go back then to Shaft and Mia. I heard her scream drag, so I ran in there, and then as soon as he said something about hiding the anchor point, I was, ran back out. Okay, so Shaft, you you're coming out first, and you have a brief moment to interact with Samuel before Mia catches up. I'm gonna walk back out to Samuel. And I'll walk up to him and go, Hey, I know that guy. What do you need from him? I mean, I can probably get it. There's more ways to get information than, uh, you know, killing him. Kill him, you're not going to find out anything. I see you already proving useful, Shaft. I mean, you're paying me, right? Very well. Tell me, tell me what you want, and I'll get it for you. And if he doesn't give it to me, I'll kill him myself. He has hid the anchor point. He managed to reach it, touch it, and teleported it away. I simply need the location. All right. Uh, tell you what, you let him go, 
with me, and who's the other guy? He says his name is Mullen. Eh, never heard of him. Give, uh, tell you what, let them both come with us. They'll gain, I'll gain their trust. I'll get the information you want. And Mia, you come charging out of the tent. Samuel, Samuel, you need to let him go. Dreg is an ally, not an enemy. Like I, I told Sammy here, we'll, we'll take care of him. You told him? Yeah, oh. I, I mean, once I once I explained to him that these guys aren't really all that bad, uh, I think he's, and I look up to Samuel, willing to let him go with us, right? I simply need the location. Dreg was just confused. He, he thought he was protecting his own honor, and he thought he was protecting his creation. He's, he's not a bad guy. You gotta let him go. Give me that anchor, shaft, and he's free to go. I, uh, I can try, but I mean, he's not going to trust me right now. I have to build some trust back up with him. It might take a little time. How, how long? Give me a day. You are already on a tight timetable. Okay, well, we can probably figure out the location. It's just a matter of trying to get there. Samuel, let us take off the shackles. Bind their wounds. Make friends of them while we can. He regards both of you. And he yells, Talk! And Shakar and Falzin, you hear this name being yelled out from outside the tent. And the blonde dwarf exits. Samuel speaks to him. Releases them into the custody of these people here. They say they can get us the location. The dwarf nods, and Shakara and Falzer, and he comes back into your side of the tent. I go with him. I go in there, too. And uh, he approaches Drag, and Drag just, again, continues to shrink back from this dwarf. Again, that chain just not letting him go anywhere. I'm going to step between Drag and the dwarf. You will not harm him anymore. Oh, no, no. it's okay, Shakara. Drag's going to come with us. So is the other dude. Yeah, we talked to Samuel. It's all, it's all good. We're letting him free. The dwarf just simply jangles a key ring in front of you as he kind of gives you a smirk. I hold out my hand for the key. He will hand you the key. I'll turn to drag. Hold still. I do not wish to hurt you anymore. And I'll unlock. I, I will not give you the location. Do not make any promises that you cannot fulfill. Drag, we can talk about this. First, let's get you out of here. And I'm going to actually lay on hands. Let me ease your suffering, and I'll give him ten hit points. And then I will toss the key to Shaft. Free Mullen. I look over at the the dwarf to, to Telk and go, Take me to Mullen! He will just lead you to the other side of the tent, and you walk in to find a human dressed in purple robes, but stained again with blood, looking in much like similar condition as Drag. He's missing an ear. Of course, an eye, and also missing three fingers. Okay, I walk over to, I have the key, so I walk over to his chains, and I sort of lean down and whisper to him, Friend of Alamar's, keep your pie hole shut, and unlock it. And of course, he too, though, shrinks back uh, at first seeing you. And then, you know, the mentioning Alamar's name seems to kind of quiet any nervousness that he might have been showing. And he follows you. Take him back out of the tent. Talk will lead all of you back out to Samuel, then? I will, um... I'm assuming Dreg's kind of on the ground, like, you know, holding his wrists, you know, and, uh, his stub? I don't, I don't know. Oh my gosh, that's... His hand, like, his whole hand is gone? Yes, he's missing. So he was there. only bound with one hand, then? Yeah, it was actually kind of bound around, uh, there was a collar around his neck, which was, was stopping him from standing up fully upright. Or moving in really any cargo. Oh my gosh. Well, Mia's just going to walk up with him with like all the sincerity in the world in her eyes and just hand on the shoulder and heal him for nine hit points using her healing hands. Dreg. Thank you. Thank you, Mia. I. There's much to explain, but. That'll take time. Come with us. Anybody want to help, uh. Mullen over here, he's looking pretty bad. Oh, yes, of course. And I will walk over to Mullen and 
I will uh, cast Cure Wounds, first level. Would Faldron know Mullen, do you think, Leland? So I give Mullen 12 hit points. Okay, 12 hit points to Mullen. Why don't, uh, Faldron, you roll me a history check? I guess I have to touch Mullen to cure his wounds, but... Again, another hand on the shoulder. Sure. He, he uh, again, just shrinks back yeah, at first yeah. from your touch, but once he kind of feels the, the your healing power kind of emanate through him, he, again, kind of begins to relax and gives you a That's the other on. thing, too. Dreg's probably so out of it, he doesn't even notice I look different or anything. Just like... <laughs> he would have even flinched more. <laughs> a 12 for history. I would say, yeah, if you, you definitely recognize Mullen. I don't think you'd pr- you probably wouldn't have ever have spoken to him as, again, that kind of that rivalry that you had with Alamar, right? I imagine it would probably like extend to those that are closely associated with him. As, uh, again, the connection between Alamar and Mullen was, they were, they were quite close. So for sure you recognize Mullen and can confirm that it is, in fact, Mullen. Of course, you put the name to the face now, but hearing the name, it's not like you would have known who to seek out, right? Gotcha. But with all the information you now have, it's very clear that, yes, this is this is who Alamar spoke about. Especially with the, uh, the his one remaining gray flecked eye. Yes, yes. Okay, I will I will greet him as well and say, Mullen, I, I am so sorry for what you've been through, but we're here to try and help you. We've been granted uh, permission to take you from this place, and hopefully... We can talk later. Yeah, speaking of that, we, we've got a mission. M- Mullen speaks for the first time, kind of looking, kind of cowering like in the direction of Samuel. I, I, tr- I, I told him everything I had. I, I don't know the location. I don't know where Drake sent it. I, but but I, I've, I've given you all the names that I have. It's all right. Do not worry on that now, Mullen. Let us leave this place. We can talk later. He kind of nods and, you know, gives a, a nervous shake again. You will be taking them off the island then. Oh, yeah. I look at, uh, I look up at him and go, yeah, we need to go, like, soon, right? You have one day to give me the information on the location of the anchor. As you requested. Yes. We can, uh... We have a way to let you know. We'll we'll message you. Yeah, we'll be in touch. Excellent. I've put much faith in all of you. More than usual, but given the circumstances, necessary. You can count on me. When they say we'll be in touch, I'll send I'll send you a message. Good. I assume you can find your way to the port. Oh yeah. Yes, sir. Be off then. And we, I walk away. <laughs> I picture I'm helping Drag walk as we go tw- down towards the port. Okay. I pick up Mullen like a big baby in my arms. And carry him <laughs> across the threshold. He is quite frail. <laughs> and he snuggles up to your neck. <laughs> I will carry him. That's fine. <laughs> he does seem to be in a little better shape than Drag, just based off the missing appendages. Are you going to carry Drag then? Come on. I'm assuming he can walk. Yes, I they, will, like, both Mullen have my and Drake arm around him. <laughs> are able to walk with assistance, yes. Okay, Maybe a little slower fine. than what you're I accustomed to. I will help to. him walk with assistance. There's no need to carry <laughs> okay. him. <laughs> so you leave Samuel, who turns to Tulk. It seems that you know he's probably going to go through some type of debriefing. And and Samuel's bodyguards, of course, stay with, with Samuel. And you continue down to the port, you know, walking through the burnt-out buildings that was once Port Heraklion. There's again more paladins and more closer to the water as more tents set up. And many ships are docked at some of the docks that were made it through the attack of the cultists, but some have been, uh, you know, makeshift gangplanks have been repaired and uh, set up. And people are just loading supplies. Very clearly the building materials for the airships they brought with them here. Assumedly to be under the uh, advisement of Tinnerman once they were constructed. And you are able to uh, find a ship that looks like it's ready to set sail and we'll, and we'll take you. Get on board. For sure. As you prepare to board the ship, two elves in dark gray robes, they 
approach you, kind of come running up. And they're accompanied by Hulsa. They each sport a polished iron token, that brooch, on their robes. The elves have them on their robes, at least. Hulsa, however, seems to have had hers embedded into the flesh of her forehead, right beneath the hairline, where a widow's peak would meet. Clutched tightly in one hand is a slip of parchment that she hands immediately to Shakara. I will take Emily off mic. I assume you immediately read this note, Shakara? I will take the note, and I will look at Hulsa, and I'll look at the thing in her forehead. Oh, Hulsa. I shake my head. And I'll read the note. She does give, like, the lightest, like, head sink at your your comment. The note is comprised of two main parts. Uh, the first part written in common, the second written in Sylvan, which, of course, you can read. In common. Dearest Jakara, as discussed, Hossa will be able to aid you and Campbell in your endeavors once you reach Pisces. She has never been to the mainland before, and I'm afraid the poor dear is ever so nervous. So two of her very close friends have agreed to accompany her to quell any misgivings. Please find the detailed instructions below. Deepest regards, Isabella Good. In Sylvan. In case you have any problems with the others, I've sent you your own guards for the boat ride. Once you've reached the mainland, Hossa will deal with the false elders. Now that they are free, I'm afraid they become a major liability to the coven's control of Heraklion. Maintaining control of the island is paramount in returning Dendar to us. As for Campbell, simply apply your brand to your box and trust in Dendar's guidance. That is the end of the note. Apply my brand to my box? To my sapphire box? Presumably. Okay. And I will just quickly read through the note one more time just to make sure I understand everything. And I will fold it up and put it in my pouch. And I'll look at Hulsa. And I kind of sigh. And then I'll look at the other two. What are they doing? They're just very stoic. Uh, about a step behind Hulsa. And from the note, these two are to be my guards. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So you three are coming with us? Hulsa nods, and one of the elves says, That's right. I suppose we best know your names. I'm Igna. This is Kula. Why Why are you coming with us? To help me with some things that need to be taken care of. I look at Shakara and I go, Will this be a problem? I do not believe so. We can talk later. Things that... Okay, just saying, if I gave everyone that answer, you'd be grilling me, but... We can talk later. First, we must get underway. Okay. I think it's best that we get moving. I agree. I agree. As reluctant as I am to have more allies of Isabella in our party, I think this is a discussion for another time. <clears throat> yeah, um, yeah, we have a lot of people. It's fine. We have one day to get things done. Yeah, we have a ticking clock, and uh, we all owe Samuel something, right, everybody? Mm-hmm. Okay, and I get on the ship. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tenchi, Chanella, Efe, Greg, Mullen, Igna, and Kula <laughs> accompany you on board this ship. <laughs> One of, uh, you know, there's a kind of a, like a paladin deckhand up there, and he, he kind of acknowledges you. He's clearly been given some uh, some mention ahead of time that you, you would be here. And he shows you just some quarters. There are three rooms to really be, to be able to split up. There's kind of, it seems every other cabin uh, is occupied. They're quite small, not very spacious. But in each, there are four, like, bunk beds, basically. Like, it kind of attached to the wall with ropes and a, basically it's like a wooden platform with some some bedding on them. So you can kind of split up a, a however you may see fit, I suppose, between these three rooms. Okay. I think There's I will... How many um, of us? 
I will want to be um, with Dreg and Mullen, I suppose, as well. I guess I'll go with, uh, I mean, it's just for sleeping yeah, on yeah. the ship, right? Right. So Janela, Tenchi, and Hefe. There's how many per room? There's four beds per room, but I mean, like, you could sleep a couple on the ground if you needed to, right? Like, it's not like you have to divvy up four to every. Gotcha. I don't even know how many. Right, how right. many are do we actually have now? That's, yeah. So you four, the elders is seven, uh, plus Halsa and in tow is ten, right? Plus Dragon Mullen. Yeah, so... And Dragon Mullen. Yeah, hey, a perfect 12. 12. Look at that. <laughs> what I'm saying is... Okay. So in character, I'll be like... Shakara, you and... You and Hulsa and Kula and Igna can have a room. Shaft, you go with the elders and... I'll go with Dragon Mullen and Falzerin. I believe that makes the most sense. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a lot of sleeping tonight anyway. It's been a long day. Well, I mean, I'm I'm gonna stay up on deck of the ship now. It's still it's still daylight, right? Yep, yep. It's nearing late afternoon. In fact, the ship is probably gonna get underway close to uh, sunset, so it's not even like a full day's journey to the mainland, right? It's only a few hours, so you, you'll arrive there um, by the time it's fully up and going. As it, this is a very large ship, by the way. It's uh, about uh, maybe twenty or so feet longer than like the Rising Three was so there it's quite a like a massive like warship how much would i know about the three elders like as far as their magical abilities um if i were to gift one of them the ring of the ram to attune to it and use it well anybody can tune to a magical item okay um but is there any one of them that i would know is like more powerful or has more abilities wouldn't need it to help them or something you know what i mean uh i mean i don't know you saw tenshi you know you know tenshi dabbles in magical items but that does not necessarily equate to any type of magical abilities janella presumably being a wizard in heracleon has some type of capacity so she's a wizard okay right and then hefe as far as you know is just a bartender I will seek out Hefe on the deck and uh, come up to him with the ring of the ram on my, like, pull it off my finger. Hefe, perhaps you could use this for protection in case you need it. Ooh. Mighty fine ring there, eh? Yeah, I, um, sorry. <laughs> Sometimes I pick up on the accent. I find it endearing. Um, anyway, this ring. Take an hour or so to study it. In, when you use it, it can blast quite a powerful force. It recharges itself every day. That's much appreciated, eh? I uh, wish I had had that a couple of days ago. Yeah, I'm sorry it's late, but maybe it can do something for you now. I have no use for it right now. Yeah, he'll gladly accept it, and he kind of leans in a little bit. Kind of looking around, uh, muttering under his breath. So, uh... What are we doing about Chikara, eh? What are we going to be happening once we get to Pisces? What do, what do you mean, Hefe? What do you mean, what are we going to do about her? I think uh, Shafter laid it up pretty clear, eh? Hefe, I don't know exactly what we're going to do, but you got to trust Shaft. He knows what he's doing. And you know I'm backing him up. I've got bigger fish to fry right now, but we'll keep you safe. Well, uh, thanks for the ring, eh? I think it'll be sticking close to you. Yeah, feel free. I cast a big shadow. I uh, like it in the shade, eh? So, are we on our way? Have we left? The boat has not left uh, the dock yet. Not yet. A couple more hours. Okay. So there's there's paladins all over the deck, rigging up sails and just preparing the ship to get underway. I basically wanted to give him the ring so that I could hold out the circlet of the wise, start attuning to it, whatever conversations happen might happen, but I figure that an hour of time, even interrupted with conversation, will happen at some point to attune to this item. So. Well, yeah, I mean, there's going to be plenty of time on the actual journey once it's getting underway, but again, if you are taking the circlet of the wise out on the middle of the deck, is that what you mean? Or are you going to be in your cabin doing what What's, you want to do? What would be wrong with doing that? I suppose nothing, but I just want to make that clear. 
Yeah, I don't I don't think I would be hiding it. I don't think I'd think there's a reason to hide it. Okay. Maybe there is, but I don't think my character would think about it, so... Shaft, we need to have a conversation. Yeah, we do. Uh, here, let's, uh, let's go up the front of the ship here, where it's, uh, sort of quiet so we can speak candidly. And, uh, just to, just to be clear where everyone is, so Falzern, are you in a ca- you're in, the, like, one of the cabins with Dragon Mullen as they've just kind of collapsed onto, like, two of the beds in, in this, in one of these rooms. Are you sticking with them, or are you milling about yourself? I think I would, yeah. Okay. So I walk up to the front, you know, sort of walk up the steps of the the little out in the front of the the bow of the ship and look back at her and I go, Hey, uh, I think we're all kinds of screwed here. Oh, you do not even know the half of it. Well, I just, how about I just put it like this? My whole goal here was to get those guys out of here. I think you picked up on that, right? Yes, but they still are not safe. Wow, can you believe what just happened? Oh my gosh, the, uh, things are just getting crazy. You can visit us at incorrigibleparty.com for additional world NPC information to get all your Incorrigible Party merchandise. Join us on our Discord, linked on our website. Recently, the Incorrigible Party has started streaming on Twitch. Do you want to watch video games, board games, interact with us, Catch us on live after-party recordings. Follow us on Twitch, at Incorrigible Party. If for some reason, probably because you're incorrigible, like us, you can't get enough of our content, please support us on Patreon. Our Patreon gives you early releases to episodes, extra inspiration to give your favorite hero, Mia, wink wink, or the DM, I suppose. Patreon-exclusive content includes Patreon-exclusive mini-campaigns, This podcast is sponsored by Critical Hit Design at criticalhitdesign.com. Thanks to Tabletop Audio for allowing us to use any ambient sounds or music during our show. And our intro and outro is by Josh Jarvis. Contact him at jamesmercymusic at gmail.com for any inquiries. Happy adventuring!